Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to Circling Seattle Sports. This is a reaction to the Seattle Seahawks loss at the Cincinnati Bengals, October 15th, 2023, week six of the 2023 NFL season. I am your host, as always, of Circling Seattle Sports, Charles Hamaker. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. Um, if you told me coming into this season that in this game that the Seahawks would lose this one by four points in Cincinnati without two of their offensive line starters. I really wouldn't be super concerned about it. Um, it's how the fourth quarter went for Seattle that is frustrating and why a lot of fans are upset. And I can understand that um, Seattle started this game off um, with a touchdown drive, five plays of nine yards or more. So some chunks and chunks um, on the goal line, they get Jake Bobo in motion um, and Kenneth Walker pounds it in for the touchdown. You think, all right, wow, you kind of march down the field. Uh, you're going to be able to hang with the Cincinnati offense. That's kind of turning, turning the corner and getting fully healthy. Joe Burrow is getting healthy. Uh, T Higgins was good for this game. Um, Cincinnati, does show you a little bit of that offensive prowess scoring on their first two drives of the game. Seattle fails to score on that second drive of the game that they had sandwiched by those two touchdown drives by the Bengals. And they think, Oh, uh Oh, uh, we might be in trouble here. Um, but the Seahawks and the Bengals go into this halftime with a four point differential. Uh, it's 10 to 14 going into the half. You think, all right, you know, despite the sloppy play, uh, Seattle had some penalties in that first half that that might have hurt them, uh, and they came into this game being the second most penalized team per game in all of the NFL. I think, all right, this might be dangerous, um, but you're in it. You're in it. Four points is very doable, and with what you showed against that Cincinnati defense, even with some injuries to that offensive line, with Damian Lewis not able to go today and Abraham Lucas still on the injured reserve, uh, you think you're in it, right? The defense for Seattle really does step up and play well, and we'll get to that more in a little bit. They only allow three points the rest of the way. The only problem is the Seahawks only get three points the rest of the way, including two drives uh, with six minutes left in the game. The Seahawks get, they're not able to score on either of them, including getting down in the red zone on that last one. A lot of people were pointing the finger at Geno Smith, and we'll get to him as well. Um, but just a tough game overall. Um, we look at it here first. You know, that first half, as I mentioned, uh, you look prime for a shootout. Kenneth Walker uh, was able to get in there. Uh, the first four drives of this game saw. Nope, that number is wrong. That number is wrong. Anyway, ignore ignore the number right there. Uh, the first four drives saw three touchdowns, obviously. Uh, the only touchdowns of the game came in the first three drives. And you think, all right, you know, we're going to gunsling it. Um, the Seahawks had the passing attack going and especially on Cincinnati's side, uh, the Seahawks had to shuffle their secondary a little bit, moving guys around. Mike Jackson came in the left corner at one point. They were moving, uh, safeties around. Jamal Adams was in the nickel. Quandre Diggs was coming down more near the box. Um, and like, all right, <laughs> who's going to step up? Cause Jamar Chase, you know, he had the seven 11, uh, chain. He's always open and he was getting open T Higgins, who was returning after having a rib injury last year last week, sorry, um, was able to make an impact. Tyler Boyd had a touchdown. So they're like, all right, the Bengals were showing the passing attack that made them so dangerous and makes them a contender. Uh, but the defense really, really, really stepped up. 
and it was impressive. It was really impressive to see that, to see the defense step up here. Um, we'll go to the defense next. We're going to go to Gino next, but that oh. weird that one move. The defense did its job. I mean, to only give up three points in the second half to Cincinnati and to give up the only two touchdowns of the game that they allowed in the first two drives. It's impressive. They get the interception off of Burrow, uh, the interception coming from Trey Brown uh, on the first drive of the second half, which was big. They get three sacks on Burrow, um, and they they did their part. I mean, if you listen to Joe Burrow in the post-game interview, he was upset. Joe Burrow was not happy uh, with this game and how it went, uh, talking to CBS's reporter on site. Um, so Seattle was able to disrupt it. Uh, Draymond Jones got his second sack of the year. Um, there was some, nobody really stood up too much defensively, but it was a solid game. And the defense kept Seattle in this contest. You know, uh, had it not been for the Seahawks defense and uh, because of how the offense stalled, this is probably a higher scoring game for Cincinnati. Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, not Justin Jefferson, sorry, just talking about top receivers. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd are able to get things going. And if they're able to get things going, Joe Mixon might start running the ball as well. So the defense, hard to say a lot negative about them. Uh, and they're really showing out. After last year where they really struggled, Seattle retooled in the offseason. Uh, the defense looks good at this point in the year. I'm happy with where the defense is right now. Uh, the offense struggled, and, and a little bit in particular, Geno Smith. Geno, in the postgame presser, was hard on himself. He pointed the finger at himself. He he gave praise heavily to his offensive line, which we'll talk about after I finish the sentence, um, or the next sentence. Uh, he gave credit to his line, his offense, and the defense. He gave credit to essentially the entire team besides himself and pointed the finger at himself. The two touch interceptions that he threw, pardon me, were, were tough. Um, that interception that he threw in uh, the first one he threw was in the red zone, as you can see there. It was the first red zone interception that he's thrown uh, since becoming the quarterback of the Seahawks. Um, that one was tough. Uh, he was looking for outside leverage on Jackson Smith and Jigbo. It was kind of like a real route that he was running uh, to the corner. The other targets that he had in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett on this play both had multiple guys in their area and the check down and uh, Kenneth Walker, the third was just kind of in the flat and didn't have a lot going for him. Um, and so, Gino, the ball went more inside leverage, which was unfortunate because then two Cincinnati Bengals defenders were there instead of going outside where he had a little bit more room. He floated a little bit too much. That's a mistake. Sure. Um, the second interception uh, DK Metcalf and Gino, a little bit of miscommunication. Uh, looked like Gino was looking for DK Metcalf to run an in route, a deep in. Uh, DK kind of stopped at the top of his route. I don't know if that's because he he was thinking of a different route and he got confused, um, or he just wanted to give up on the play. But the interception happened. Regardless, uh, it's a tough one. But there was next gen stats brought this up uh, after the game. I think it should be noted because the Cincinnati Bengals defensive line, particularly Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson really, really affected the game in the second half. And in particular, the last two drives of the game that the Seahawks got uh, the Bengals became the fourth defense to have four different pl players generate at least six pressures in a game since the year 2020 Hubbard, uh, Sam Hubbard led the Bengals pass rush with nine pressures, eight of which came against Seahawks right tackle Jake Curran. Uh, so again, showing you where 
that matters in terms of the injuries here. If that's Abraham Lucas, we probably don't see that happen. Uh, yeah, Hubbard has nine pressures. Trey Hendrickson has seven. And then defensive tackles, DJ Reader and BJ Hill have six each. Um, and so that, you know, with the interior line with those D tackles, uh, Phil Haynes, who typically plays right guard, uh, had to slot over to left guard for Damian Lewis to replace him and to help give uh, rookie guard Anthony Bradford uh, the option to play his more natural position of right guard. So kind of see where the impact is there. A lot of people say, oh, Gino's going to get the ball away uh, on that play. Curran got beat like a well, Bradford got beat like a drum. Uh, and Gino was getting the ball away, but he was hit while he was throwing it. So that impacts it. I don't think people understand that plays take time to develop. It's not like Madden where I can just snap the ball and it's like, oh, I'm just going to make that split second decision. It's not how that works. Uh, there are reads that quarterbacks go through. They don't just look, you know, they don't have the same viewpoint that you do when you play Madden. They have reads and they have to look, all right, route one. Route two, route, you know, it's it's how they look at things. Um, I don't know. It's just funny. Twitter's a funny place. Everybody thinks every decision that an NFL quarterback makes, which is one of the hardest positions to play in sports, is so easy. Um, the, the line got beat up today against some good pass rushers for the Bengals, and that's tough. Um, you know, unsure if we're going to get Abe Lupus – Lucas back for next week. We might get Damian Lewis back after he was able to practice a little bit and he wasn't able to go today. We'll see. Um, so a tough one, a tough one to lose, not because of the fact that you lost to Cincinnati, um, but more so because the fashion you lost in and that you could have had this win. But like, again, I talked about in the CSS on Converge episode, I feel like this is a game that, Seattle can learn from and and can use as motivation going forward to say, hey, we messed up here. We got to be more disciplined, less penalties. You got to execute better uh, in the red zone. They went one for five in the red zone. Um, and this is a game that they can look back to and kind of improve upon and build upon uh, despite seeing their three game winning streak snapped. So the next game, as you can see here, uh, October 22nd, Sunday versus the Arizona Cardinals back at Lumen Field. This is a 1.05 p.m. Pacific time kickoff on Fox. Uh, the Cardinals are an interesting team. They're one and five on the year so far. They're 0 and three on the road. Um, they put up a good fight against this same Cincinnati Bengals team last week before Cincinnati was kind of able to uh, pull away in this one. The lone win for the Cardinals, uh, I believe it came against the Cowboys. Yeah, in week three, it came against the Cowboys. Uh, they put up a fight against the Commanders. They blew a big lead against the New York Giants, and then they beat the Cowboys. Um, they hung around a little bit with the 49ers, and they hung around with the Bengals, and they lost – decently to the uh, the Rams today. So especially with it being a division game, I wouldn't take this game for granted. Build off of the strong defensive play that you had, get back to basics, get back to your execution on offense. Um and I think you should be able to be fine here, but Josh Dobbs and that Cardinals team is is not going to be an easy out. So that'll be a big one that's on Fox as I mentioned.